We are going to be focusing on the prodigal son today and also the lessons that we can learn from both the prodigal son and the father of the prodigal son. And I believe that once you and I capture the heart of our Heavenly Father, uh, we'll open up to receive what He wants to do in our lives, which is a work of restoration, of reconciliation, of healing, and we will live with hope. And for those of you that have prodigals right now, your loved one is lost, I want you to know God is the specialist in finding, and He will He will reach them where they're at, and we're going to believe with you for the prodigals to come home. So it's an honor at this time to call forth my son, uh, I want to say he is a, a, I call him Nate the Great, and God has brought him through a lot, and Nate, we are proud of you. I'm proud of you as your dad, and I know God has a message for us through you, so welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, I just, I'm a nervous wreck, my goodness gracious. Uh, I peed like five times already today, and I'm just like... What is going on? But, um, yeah, I just want to thank my dad. I don't know how he does it. He comes up and, like, just 10 seconds ago on the board, and he just jumps up here like nothing. And I don't know how you do it. You know, I just, I, I have a lot of respect for uh, what you do. Um, yeah, so he told me probably two weeks ago. Yeah, he told me before, but he told me, like, about last week, like, I'm going to have you speak and about what you shared and Sanger. And this is how I went in Sanger. Um, Pastor Gary, he hits me up and he's like, hey, uh, I'm going to want you to uh, share your testimony. And I'm like, okay, no problem, whatever, I'll do that. And so I call him the week of, he's like, just give me a call. And I'm like, okay, how long do you want me to be trying to be respectful of uh, how they do things there? And he's like, you're the main speaker, you know, you you know, take 30, 40 minutes, however long you want to take. And I'm just like, man, all I got is like 10 minutes. But, you know, the same thing with my dad, he's just like, you know, you know, yeah. But thank you, because, man, did I ever need it this week, uh, you know, getting ready, you know, preparing, uh, you know, going out shopping, last-minute shopping, procrastinating. They call me procrastinate for a reason. <laughs> uh, we're out there, you know, and I'm just dropping off now my wife, right, at the front, trying to find parking, you know. So I'm like, that's where I get it from my dad. I'm just, like, trying to, like, grip the steering wheel, sing joy to the world, you know, just trying to, you know, allow the spirit to work in my life, you know, still, and not get angry, but, you know, stuff we inherit from our parents. Um, but, yeah, I just want to get into this. Um, my point one is recognizing the rebellious spirit, you know, and uh, I love the story of the prodigal, obviously, me being one. Um we all know the story. He went out, blew his inheritance, you know, ends up with the pigs, you know, farming. He came from that, you know, as a family that was farmers. Now he's living with the pigs. And then uh, I just want to jump into it. Luke 15, 17, there's a verse that says, when he finally came to his senses, you know, that's when he was with the pigs and he comes to his senses. He's like, even the servants that work for my father, you know, they, they don't even eat like this. You know, what am I doing here? And so what does that mean? How did I get here? Um, and I don't have to live like this, even more importantly. You know, that's uh, what was real in my life, you know. Um, I just want to share this real quick. Second Timothy 2, 25 and 26, he says, Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. So my come, coming to my senses moment came in June 2019. Um, I was not only serving masters in the world of the pride of life and the lust of the world, but being mastered. Um, I came to my parents one night, not only humbled, but broken. Um, I had allowed the loss of a good friend of mine uh, to be hardened to the bitter things of God and uh I tell, I hope Jill's watching because Jill, she's amazing. Um, she did a lot of work with me, uh, a therapist out of San Diego. Uh, man, uh, I just remember, you know, the things that I thought were fun were no longer fun. You know, that's what I, we, we, we talked about. You know, um, I began to realize that the enemy had deceived me, but more importantly, I chose to do things my way. 
And as a consequence, I had gone away from the covering and the blessings God had for me all along. Thank you very much. I need that. Um, This is going to be a short message, guys. I only got like four pages. We're done with one. But as my father has said, I have lived, and I've lived it. There are two teachers in life, one being truth and the other one being consequences. Rebellion is derived from the word bellum, which means war. So to rebel is to make war against something you disagree with or refuse to conform to. Um, Jeez. My mom gave me a book by Derek Prince one time, and I, I, I wish I could break it down, but I'm not that good. So, like, if you get a chance, Derek Prince, check out his books. But he talks about Samuel and Saul when uh, Saul went away. And, uh, and so Samuel has to come and correct him, you know, not only as a God-appointed leader, but also as a friend at that time. And uh, he, has to, he tells him rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. And, you know, basically rebellion is this, like that's a spirit, you know. And I want you guys to see that here with me today. Rebellion in my life, you know, I had to come to that. Um, Ephesians 6.12 draws a clear picture of the war going on. You know, a spiritual battle. Romans 12.2, do not conform to the ways of the world, but be transformed, you know, by the renewing of your mind. You know, so there is a war for your soul if you do not know. Um, Jesus told us that the thief is here to steal, kill, and destroy and so we say that, you hear that all the time, we, we go through that. But in all reality, you know, the devil not only wants to steal what God has for you, but he wants to kill you. <laughs> if he can, he could kill you. But not only that, he wants to destroy not only the blessings for you, but that of future generations. And if we took the time, you know, to go through every family here where the enemy has had his way, you know, if a person doesn't come back to Christ, and allow the working of the Holy Spirit in their life, you know, it, you know, families are destroyed. And that's the goal of the enemy. Um, the power of prayer is point number two already. Um, Luke fifteen twenty says, And he arose and came to his father from that moment with being in the pigs, you know. But when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And I love this. Uh, for myself because that speaks of a father, you know, eagerly waiting, patiently waiting, day after day possibly, you know, hoping to see his son return home, you know, and I hope that you see that for yourself. Um, a father on the lookout, a father like Joshua twenty four fifteen says, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord, you know, believing, you know, God longs to bless us and not punish us and don't believe the lie. Um, I saw myself short, you know, and believing I could gain more by doing things on my own. You know, I prolonged the blessings of what God had for me in my life. And with that, when you read the end of the story, uh, you see the, the brother and you're like, come on, dude. Like, how can you be so bitter? You know, when the, the father tells him, like he checks him and he says, you know what? Your son was lost and now he is found. My, your brother is lost and now he's found. But everything I have is yours. You know, not only was he blessed in the moment, everything that he had was his. But after he was gone, all that was left would be given to him. So that um, I just want to throw that out, you know, as I've talked with good friends, you know, that part is like it, it doesn't pay off to go away from God. You know, like God wants you're already blessed when you're in the covering and protection of God. Um, Hebrews eleven six says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And I say that because, you know, it takes faith, you know, to believe for a long, a loved one, you know. It took faith. I, I um, had allowed bitterness to grow in my heart. My heart was hardened, but... I wouldn't be here without my parents, you know, praying for me and a lot of you guys' prayers as well. But, like, it takes that prayer. And, I, and, and talking to my dad, um, he told me Jeremiah 31, 15, and 17 um, was a prayer that he prayed over my life during this season. And he told me straight up, he was like, I had to just release you, you know, and, and believe that God was going to do what only he can. 
And it says, A cry is heard in Rama, deep anguish and bitter weeping. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for her children are God. But now, this is what the Lord says, Do not weep any longer, for I will reward you, says the Lord. Your children will come back to you from the distant land of the enemy. There is hope for your future, says the Lord. Your children will come again to their own land. And, uh, you know, this is my last point, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I get excited about this because, you know, it's only what God can do, you know. Like, I haven't done nothing. All I've done is be obedient, you know, come against that spirit of rebellion in my life and, and trust in God with my future now. But my dad has given this quote that talks about the Holy Spirit. Uh, it says, true change doesn't happen through mere willpower. It happens through real power. Power is connected to the Holy Spirit. And the first time I felt the Holy Spirit, um, I was going through some stuff in my life, and I really wanted just to see my mom, to be honest. I'm a mama's boy. I ain't going to lie. You know, like, I, like, no matter how far I've been, you know, like, I always know, like, I wanted to hear from my mom. And uh, so I was hoping to see her on a Sunday. I really just wanted to have the comfort of her. And so I show up to Cutler Church, and um, I sat in the back like we all do. You know, we don't want to be seen. We want to be left alone. And uh, so I'm there, and um, I felt the Holy Spirit. And I only felt it one other time. I was at Manteca one time, and um, I brushed it off because I allowed the enemy. At that moment, he told me, like, like, Nate, you're really going to give in to the presence right now when you're going to just go home and, and do whatever you've been doing. And uh, this time, uh, I, I was open. And so that night, the following week, I, I went back again. But anyways, back to that, my mom wasn't there that day. So I was like, man, what's going on, God? Like, I come to church and my mom's not here. But she was speaking. And little did I know at a convention uh the ladies came over that night and prayed for me that night, and I showed up to church the next day. You know, so that was pretty crazy. But I went to a Mario Murillo event. Sorry about that. Um, and I felt the Holy Spirit. He said straight up, I know, what is this doing up here, even? I'm just kidding. <laughs> we only do brick and stone now. <laughs> uh, no, but so I'm there at the Mario Murillo event. And he's talking about revival. And uh, I felt the Holy Spirit straight up tell me, like, you don't, like, are you going to miss it, Nate? Like, revival is coming. Are you going to miss it? Are you going to be a part of it? And um, God began to do something. And uh, this has been a life verse for me, Ezekiel 36:26. It says, I will give you a new spirit and put a new, sp- I mean, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I move from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And uh, that's what happened. Uh, you know, I could go on and on, but, you know, God just did something in my heart that day, you know, and, and the Holy Spirit just, you know, ignited in me. Second um, Corinthians three sixteen and 18 says, But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, for the Lord is a spirit. And when the, wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Um, And I say all this, and I hope all you get out of this is that, at the end of the day, the enemy only has mastery or power over the areas we don't submit to God. God has a plan and purpose for each of us. And um, coming to my conclusion, everything is not all like fun and games, you know, I, I, I deal with consequences from, you know, previous decisions, you know, but ever since I submitted to God, he's been so merciful. Even when I was doing my own thing, he has been so merciful. And uh, that's what I hope that you see here today. And I just want to tell you what my God has done for me. Um, I'm coming up over in this next year, I'm going to be working towards three years of sobriety. Um, you know, thank you, Jesus. That's something that I couldn't do. Um, this, um, I had gone to a little bit of trouble with the court system. But, you know, in that, God was just so merciful to me. Um, my parents know, you know, my poor mom, you know, 
went all went to court with me a couple of times and, and had to hear some people's cases, not only mine, you know, that I wish you didn't have to, but um, she stood by my side. And uh, that's when, you know, Mexican parents, you know, you got to love your moms, you know, they'll, they'll do that for you. Um, but God was so gracious to me because and going to the court, like, God just did a miraculous thing. And, and I only, I got a, like a slap on the wrist, and, and to be honest, and from that. And, uh, but it doesn't mean that the enemy didn't want to stop what God was doing in my life. You know, uh, like my dad shared, a lot of people don't know. But I knew I had a, like a hernia before. But I finally went in because I felt like it was getting worse. And it turned out to be a cancer, you know. Uh, they removed a tumor after. And um, I just remember, like, you know, you have, you have those moments, like, really, God? Like, you know, you question. Like, I'm doing everything right. And, and I've been at this point in my life before. I try to trust you, you know. And you're going to do me like this? You know, I, I had that, that bitterness still. And God's like, you know, just trust me. I'm going to work it out for you. And sure enough, you know, um, I did some follow-ups and, you know, that's been that, you know, and I thank God for that. You know, he's kept me. Um, I have, you know, dealt with COVID, you know, things from my past I still have to deal with. But, you know, God's done this, though. You know, in this time, I, I got married to my beautiful wife. You know, it's just like, man, like something I always desired, I could never get on my own because of my, my previous addictions, you know, I, I, I wanted that, but I didn't know how to get there, you know. And um, and, I, and the job I do nowadays, I get to work with children, you know. Uh, I get to just show them the love of God. I work at one of the schools here in Danuba and uh, just be a light to them. Uh, I just got my first house, you know, and, and, I, and I believe and know that, you know, this is just the beginning, you know, just submitting. That's all God wants is a humble Submit heart to him, you know, and, and that's really all I got, you know, and believing and praying in the blessings of God and revival for, you know, you and your families. You know, it is real. The Holy Spirit is so real. You know, God has made a way for us, you know, to come back to the Father, and he's waiting for, for you. Amen. I get to use your notes, all right. Next, I'm going to have my daughter, Janessa, come. I, I tell you, this is Christmas for me. I've seen God do some unique things in both my son and my daughter. And I just want to say that I will never doubt God's power. There's been days in my journey when I wondered when, but I'll tell you, I will never doubt his power because I've seen God do some miraculous things in my son. He was bound by drugs. He was bound by unresolved anger, bitterness, as he shared rebellion. And, uh, and I watched my daughter go through a season uh, that there was nothing that, we could figure out to bring relief to her and to see how God in a moment transformed. It's like, wait a minute, you want to do what? Now you want to go to school of ministry? You want to surrender to God? And, and then my son, I want to go follow up. Once he felt God change his life, he says, I want to go to this uh, program out in North Carolina just to get reinforced. With It's like, these are the same two kids that made me lose my hair. And now they're, how does that happen where all of a sudden they're, why y'all laugh? Come on now. <laughs> but it's my honor now to have my daughter, Janessa, Janessa Gonzalez. I had somebody post online, you took one, but we got one. <laughs> Well, I might not be as funny as my brother, but I'm more witty, I gotta say, because I was voluntold this week that I'm gonna speak, and it wasn't even for sure until he said it before I came up here. So I have no notes whatsoever, so I might borrow these, Nate. <laughs> no, but um, just 
in the shower this morning. I was like, if he calls me up here, I'll come up here. If not, I'll chill in the back with my son. I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> but um, just thinking about in the back when the 30 minutes I had <laughs> before I came up here. Um, just thinking about my whole journey with the Lord. Um, in 2009, I believe, that's when, like, for me, I had, like, a God encounter. Because prior to that, I grew up in the church my whole life. And I did not believe in God. I could say that. Um, I just didn't. It wasn't real to me until 2009. After a night of partying, like, I just felt like... um I, the only way I could describe it is the Lord speaking to me, and he's saying, like, why are you basically, like, running from me? Like, what, you know? And it wasn't, like, an audible voice, but I just knew it was God. Like, that's the only way I could describe it. And so in that, um, after that, that's when I tried, I started changing my ways, and I started actually having an open ear at church, which I never did. And those of you that have been in the church for the 30 years that I've been on this earth know that because I showed it in my face <laughs> and in my attitude. So, um, yeah, that's when I started to change. And then I went to a school of ministry. The Lord moved powerfully in that. Um, it started a prayer life for me. It started the reading of the word in my life. And it was amazing. Um, however... Um, like my brother mentioned, like the, the old, the bitter older brother, like I feel like I've been there too, because I went through a time and a period of where I got stuck in works for the Lord. I can honestly say that, like, um, I came back from school ministry and I was like, all right, I'm going to do all these God things, you know? Um, and I, I, I did, I did. I, I've seen people be healed of things that are unexplainable. I've seen people, um, like... Their legs being healed on the spot. I've seen that. I've seen people be healed of other things as well. Because, and God used me as a vessel for that, but it's not about just the works. If it's not in your heart, if it's not that personal ministry, it doesn't matter what you do. You could do amazing things for God, but if it's not real in here, it doesn't matter. So a few years I did burn out. I burned out and I backslid. And I can honestly say, like, because I went through that humbling period of, like, backsliding and coming back, I feel like God's doing a greater work now because of that humbling, that humbling of coming back and, and seeing, like, hey, if it's not real here, it doesn't matter what you do with your hands and your feet. It doesn't matter what you say with your mouth. It's, if it's not real in your private life, you could put on a, a pretty face on the outside. And so I can say now, like, I feel more empowered because he's using me right now as a vessel. I didn't know what I was going to say 30 minutes before coming up here, but he's just giving me the words. And it's by his work. You know, it's not it's not about me. It's about him. And I feel like I'm in a season of my greatest uh, ministry because I have my son. And, like, um, I'm a stay-at-home mom, but the love I have for my son and the love that the things that he's been pouring out into me to to teach my son is that that's what is going to be my legacy. I'm not going to be here forever, but if my son comes out okay, if he comes out loving God, it all matters, you know. And I just want to encourage um, women out there, like if that if you're in the same period of your life where you're a stay-at-home mom, I encourage you guys, like you're not alone. Like it's 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 been rough. I can honestly say that because um, I'm a hardworking person, but when it's no longer about you and it's like if you want to put God first and he moves through you that's what matters and just as a as a woman of God and just growing in that you know um it's like it's it's challenging but you women you have a voice you're powerful you're powerful you know he could use you and I just want to release that to you guys um but that that's mainly my story um but yeah, that's that's all I have so far. <laughs> but God bless you guys. Now, she is witty. I think she got that from her mom. Okay, 
my son didn't do something that he did in Sanger, but we're, I'm going to do it here. So we're going to do a knock-knock, okay? Ready? Knock-knock. Ray. Raiders! <laughs> when I, I watched the service after our service that Sunday that he spoke, and I go, yep, that's my boy there. <laughs> Well, I want to share with you briefly on the prodigal and his father, but I want to focus on the father because one of the things that I did not mention as I shared about my children before they came to share and as they were getting ready to share is I also have experienced what it is to be a prodigal. I was raised like them in church, but there came a moment in my life when I decided to go my own way and be rebellious. But the healing in my life, the recovery didn't happen until I discovered the Father in heaven, His heart for us. And when I discovered how much the Father in heaven genuinely cares, that's what broke me and humbled me and brought me from a life of addictions that were binding and blinding my life to freedom. But I want to share this part of the message Not only to give hope, but also to hopefully give some insight to those of you that are dealing with a prodigal right now. Or those of you that are in that life of a prodigal. I want to share several things out of that passage that we read about in Luke chapter 15 uh, about the prodigal son and his father. The first is this. The father loved his son enough to release Let me say that again. The father loved his son enough to release. The Bible tells us there in Luke 15, verses 11 through 13. In Luke 15, 11 through 13, it says, Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Now, I want you to notice that when the younger son asked for his portion of the inheritance, he would have gotten one-third. But the moment that the father apportioned to him his one-third, he also apportioned to the elder son His two-thirds. This is important. Because the moment the father divided the inheritance to the younger son, he made sure to also give the portion that belonged to the elder son to the elder son. Keep that in mind. And the father was willing to release the inheritance, even though customarily within the Jewish culture, the inheritance wasn't passed on till after the death of the father. And here's this younger son who is not even of age yet to leave his father's house with the inheritance, asking for it. And here you see the generosity of the father being willing to give the portion of the inheritance that belonged to the younger son. But the point is this. The father cared enough for his son to release him. I want to make this clear because there are some of us who are trying to hold on to what we need to release. My son knows this because we've shared it with him. That during the time that he decided to walk in rebellion, there came a point when my wife and I came into agreement and said, we're going to have to release him. And I released him with this understanding. If I release him, It's going to also release him to have to experience the consequences for his choices now. Because the more I hold on to him and he's living in rebellion and I allow him to continue to be enabled through us, the longer it's going to take for those consequences to unfold. And because we loved him, we said, you know what? We're going to release him now. We're going to let him go. If this is what you want, it's time to go. You go and do what you want. Why? Because I knew that the word of God is true. That if we sow to the flesh, we will reap 
out corruption from the flesh. And I knew that the sooner that he reaps the consequences, the sooner that moment can come like the prodigal where he'll come to his senses. And I believe that there are some parents that you're enabling your child to continue to live that life of a prodigal and you're keeping them from experiencing the consequences and you're just holding back the inevitable and you're also keeping them from learning sooner rather than later. The father loved his son enough to release. The second thing I want you to see is this. The father loved his son enough to believe for his return. The father loved his son enough to believe for his return. What does it say again in Luke fifteen twenty? My son Nate referenced it. It says, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. When he was still a distance away from the family farm, his father saw him. Why did his father see him when he was a distance off? Because his father was on the lookout. It wasn't by accident that his father saw him. What it's telling me that day and night, the father, while he was doing the chores on the farm, while he was taking care of his his land, he would also be looking out maybe today. Maybe this is a day my son is going to return. And let me say to those of you that right now you're outside of God's will and you're walking in rebellion and you're living outside the plan and purpose of God for you. Let me tell you why you're still here. It's not because you're smart. It's not because you're such a great schemer. But I'm, I guarantee you there's probably somebody praying for you. And as a result, the Father, the Heavenly Father, is looking out for you. And in His mercy, He's preserving and protecting you i know this i know this i know there are things in my life that i escaped or that i did not experience their full impact because of a father and a mother that were praying for me even when i was in my rebellion i know there's some things that my as my son shared today that he didn't have to experience the full effect and consequence of because we said you know what god you said if we believe on you not only would we be saved but our house and we believe that nathan is going to come back nathan is going to come to his senses nathan will be delivered we believe that drug addiction will be broken every other type of addiction will be broken. And why do we believe that? Because of God's Word. And here's what the Word of God says. I want you to see this. If we can go to Isaiah 54, 13. Isaiah 54, 13. And I would declare this promise over my son and over my daughter over and over again. Isaiah 54, 13 says, All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. The word peace is the Hebrew word shalom. Nothing broken, nothing missing. It also means prosperity. It also means reconciliation. It also means harmony. It also means reconciliation and so when I would pray that I would say God you have promised that my children will be taught by you and great shall be their shalom I declare that in spite of the brokenness in my son Nathan in spite of the brokenness in my daughter Janessa they're going to come to wholeness and there's going to be nothing broken and nothing missing because you are able to do more than recycle and rehabilitate you're able to restore completely and make brand new and then in Isaiah 49:25 look what God says but the Lord says the captives of warriors will be released and the plunder of tyrants will be retrieved for I will fight those who fight you and watch this and I will save your children God says I'm going to fight for you and I'm going to fight for your children wow God is fighting for your children. Therefore, believe like the father of the prodigal for their return. And then the third thing that we see of the father is this. The father loved his son enough to run. The father loved his son enough to run. Watch this. I love this. Luke 15, 20 again, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. And ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. 
hearts. We can miss what is really being said there because we don't understand the culture of that day. It was an embarrassment. It was a shame for a father to run. Why? Because in order to run, he would have to fold up his outer garments. He would have to fold them up and then he would bare his legs. And that was a shame. That was dishonorable for a father in the Middle East to, to do such a thing, to fold up and be running. That was, uh, that, that, that showed lack of, uh, 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 of, of, of status. It showed that you were not, you were uh, acting properly. And so you were acting immodestly. But this father didn't care. Because his son was down the road, heading back home. And it wasn't about his position. It was about his son's restoration. The father loved his son enough to run. Watch this. Kenneth Bailey, author of The Cross and the Prodigal, explains that if a Jewish son lost his inheritance among Gentiles, and then return home, the community would perform a ceremony called Kazaza. Say Kazaza. Sounds good, huh? Kazaza. Now, what's Kazaza? They would break a large pot in front of him and yell, You are now cut off from your people. And the community would totally reject him. So why did the father run? He probably ran in order to get to his son before he entered the village. The father runs and shames himself in an effort to get to his son before the community can get to him. So that his son does not have to experience the shame and humiliation of their taunting and rejection. The village would have followed the running father, would have witnessed what took place at the edge of the village between the father and son. After this emotional reuniting of the prodigal son with this father, it would be clear that there would be no kazaza despite what he has done. The son repented and returned to the father. And what did the father do? The father took the full shame that would have fallen upon his son and he's showing to the entire community, no, no you don't. You don't get the opportunity to shame my son. I'm covering him. And what does the Bible reveal? Love covers a multitude of sins. Aren't you grateful for a heavenly father that no matter what mess you've been in, no matter what pigsty or pig pen you found yourself in, the moment you return to him, he's going to run to you and he's going to cover you and he's going to protect you and he's going to reveal to you that all is well now. And welcome home. And then the fourth thing we see about the father The father loved his son enough to restore. The father loved his son enough to restore. Luke 15, 21 through 24. And the father said to him, Father, and the son rather said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out what? The best robe. And put it on him. And put a what? Ring on his hand. And what on his feet? Sandals on his feet. And bring the, what kind of calf? No skinny cow there. Fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And the Bible says, and they began to be merry. What did he give him? He gave him a new robe of righteousness and royalty. He covered his shame with a robe that said, he's welcome now. He belongs here. And then he he put sandals on his feet, denoting that there is no more guilt. And then he slips a ring into his finger declaring that he has restored to him the covenant and authority that he once held before with the father he is saying to the son all things are restored let me say it again God is not into recycling God is not into rehabilitating God is to making completely brand new if any man be in Christ he is a new creation all things are passed away and behold 
All things are become new. I want you to understand today. Pastor Angel is not playing when he tells you there's some things that I was bound by that I could not set myself free. But today I can tell you I am no longer bound by them. Not because of my willpower, but because of his real power. He is able to work in such a way where he changes your heart to the point where what you used to desire, you don't desire anymore. What used to pull you doesn't tug at your heart anymore. That's what God can do. He is more than a healer. He can make you whole. He can make you complete. He can make you experience a perfect work in your life through His abounding grace. And so, there was a famous painting. And in this famous painting, it shows the devil playing chess with the young man. And the devil checkmated the man's queen. On his face is a look of defeat and despair. He has made too many bad choices. And now he is trapped without hope. Paul Murphy, the chess genius, once stood looking at the painting. He studied it carefully. And suddenly, his face lit up. He shouted out at the man in the painting, Don't give up! You still have a move! He had spotted a way out. And that is the good news of the gospel. That no matter if it feels like you've lost There's still a way out because Jesus has made a way for you to come out of your lostness into wholeness. I came across another story that touched me profoundly. It's shared by a Bible teacher and writer, Philip Yancey. He tells the story of a prodigal daughter who grew up in a small town in Michigan, fed up with her old-fashioned parents who didn't like the music she listens to, the length of her skirts. She runs away. She ends up in Detroit where she meets a man who drives the biggest car that she's ever seen. She calls him boss. He recognizes that since she's underage, the men would pay a premium for her. So she goes to work for him. For a while, she thinks life is good. But she gets sick for a few days. And it amazes her how quickly her boss turns on her. Before she knows that she's out on the street without a penny to her name. She earns very little, and all the money goes to support her drug habit. One night, while sleeping outside, she began to feel less like a woman of the world and more like a little girl again. She begins to cry. God, why did I leave? My dog back home eats better than I do now. She knows that more than anything in the world, she wants to go home. She calls home. Three straight phone calls. Home. And then she is connected with the answering machine every time. Finally, she leaves a message. Mom. Dad. It's me. I was wondering... If maybe I can come home. I'm catching a bus up your way and I'll get there about midnight tomorrow. If you're not there, I'll understand. It was a seven-hour bus ride, so she had plenty of time to prepare her speech for her father. And when the bus comes to a stop in a small town where she was raised The driver announces the 15-minute stop. 15 minutes to decide her life. She walks up into the terminal not knowing what to expect. 
but not one of the thousand scenes that have played out in her mind prepares her for what she sees. There, in the bus terminal, stands a group of 40 brothers and sisters and great aunts and uncles and cousins and a grandmother and a great grandmother. They're all wearing party hats and blowing noisemakers and taped across the entire wall of the terminal is a large banner that reads, Welcome Home. And what did Jesus say? He said that in heaven, there's a party that goes on when a sinner repents. I want you to know, as this service was opened up, Eddie mentioned that this would be a place where the prodigal would know they are welcomed home. And I still remember the day. I still remember the day. One more thank you on one of those occasions when my son was under the influence. He's at the door. Let me in. Finally, we let him in. He had been sprayed with maize. His eyes were burning. He was just covered with a smell that I've never smelled before. I walk him to the shower. And he's just trying to get this stuff off. And I felt the Lord say to me, this is what you looked like when you walked in your rebellion. But you see how you finally opened the door and you walked him so that he could get clean? That's what I do for my children who want to come back home. I meet them where they're at and I bring them to where they can be cleansed. And God began to work a thing in my heart where I said, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but i got to tell you that as a father of a prodigal, I'm tired. I'm weary. I don't know if I have it in me anymore. But then he reminded me, how many times did you cry out, God, please, free me. I'm tired. I don't want to be hurting like this. I'm tired of hurting those who love me most. And I was reminded that his mercy endures forever. And I want you to know today that whether you're here or you're online, you're not too far gone. That God will not open the door and say, Come in, daughter. Come in, son. Welcome home. Now let me cleanse you. Let me wash you. Let me heal you. Let me deliver you. God can deliver a person bound to drug addiction, sexual addiction, person bound to cutting themselves, a person bound and tormented by a spirit of suicide. How do you know, Pastor? Because I've seen it in my home. And I've experienced it in my life. 
I know what it is to be in your room ready to take your life because you're so ashamed and you're tired of thinking, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to. I'm not. Because you did it. Again. And then you hear a voice that says, even here, even now, I love you. And if you will give me the opportunity, I will heal you. Me? Yes. He saved my life more than once. And He can do it for you. Heavenly Father, You are a good, good Father. And I thank You for how You've revealed it, You've shown it in my home, in my son, in my daughter, in my life. There is no prodigal that you cannot save. There is no prodigal that you cannot restore. There is no one here or online who cannot be reached by you if they'll just say, Father, I've sinned. I'm sorry. Forgive me. You are ready and willing to run to their aid. (laughs) You're ready and willing to run to rescue them. You're ready and willing to restore them. Right now, Lord, rescue. Right now, Lord, restore. And I pray for that mother, that father, who has grown weary. Oh, restore their hope. Restore their faith. Get them back to be on the lookout with expectation like the father of the prodigal. you've promised to bring our children back from the land of the enemy. Yes. And you're willing and you're ready. Yes, you are. You're willing and you're ready. Jesus. Jesus. Let this song that our PW crew is going to sing let it minister to you right now. Thank you, Jesus. 
power in the name of Jesus. Do you believe it? Would you give it up for our PW crew? What a powerful song. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.